Today on Blue 58, with the Packers on a bye, it's a good time to take a brief look at the league as a whole. What offenses are doing interesting things, and how are defenses trying to stop them? Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdink, and I am happy to be with you here for another episode. I figured the bye week was a good time to take a look at some of the best and brightest offenses in the NFL and how they are succeeding so far this year. I couldn't think of a better person to help us do that than NFL writer Bobby Peters. Bobby spends his days literally writing the book on NFL offenses, covering teams in depth in a way that I haven't seen anyone else even attempt. We previously talked to Bobby when he published a book on the 2020 Packers offense, and this season he's ambitiously diving deep into three of the league's most cutting-edge attacks. We spent a bit of time on the phone this week exploring what those offenses are doing well and how defenses are moving to counter it. So on your Substack earlier this year, you announced a few teams that you were planning to cover, follow closely. Who were those teams? Why'd you pick them and what have you seen so far? So uh, the three that I'm really focusing right now are the Dolphins, Lions, and Niners. Um, They are... Um, incredibly fun to watch, so I really enjoy, you know, watching them is not a chore, um, so I, I, I enjoy watching them. They do a lot of interesting things each week. Um, the base of their system is strong as well. They, um, you know, they've got, they've got a, a vast playbook, but they also add new tweaks each week so that they have answers for whatever they're seeing. Um, and then also I studied all th- I've studied all three of those teams in the past, too, so I wanted to see kind of how they continue growing the offense. Speaking of growth on offense, I, I wanted to focus, I guess, since he's in the division that we, we covered, the NFC North, or that I cover with, with Blue 58 and the Power Sweep, uh, Ben Johnson of the Lions seems to be one of the hot names in, in offensive trends lately. And it's interesting, you mentioned the, the week-in, week-out tweaks uh, that he makes to the, their offense, uh, well, every week. Uh, it was either Nate Tice of the Athletic or Ted Wynn of the Athletic mentioned like designer packages that he seems to come up with every week. What have you seen from Johnson and and does it make you excited for what he's doing? Yeah, the things the things that jump out to me when I watch the Lions tape are their vast run game. So every so they're throughout the course of the season. So like last year, I studied their entire offense, um, you know, every game, and I and I, I put it into kind of like a, a manual based on concept. So you know, throughout that, you could see they run almost every run team under the sun. Um, but the key to that is they don't run every single one each week. They only they only focus on like four or five or maybe six of those calls that they, they deem specific for that defense that they're facing and that personnel that they're seeing. So they have a, they have a big playbook, but they don't carry it each week. They, they only call what they need to call in that sense. Um, and that could be said for the pass game too. But then what those guys are alluding to with the designers is each week, and this is kind of what I was getting to um, with your first question as well, is they, they, they come up with shot plays based on uh, the coverages they're expecting and also the personnel that they're seeing, right? They might see that, you know, this single high safety, um, you know, if there's a keeper going to his left, he might push harder to the left um, and maybe forget about a backside post or like a, a deep over route or something, right? Like, so, so they, they might pick up on a guy cheating on film on a certain concept and then, and then for that game, carry one or two plays um, off of that to try to create explosive play off of uh, that guy cheating. Certainly saw a bit of that when the Packers faced the Lions on Thursday night football. Um, looking at these teams, what do you think their offenses so far are saying for the overall offensive trends in the league? Because I think we've seen, it's always been a trend-based league, but I think the, the trends and copying those trends have become more pronounced over the past handful of years or so. 
Definitely. I think that the copying happens a lot faster now, too. I think um, some of it has to do with a lot of these guys that, that are getting hired right now. They, they're buddies. Like, they've worked together in the past, so they're texting and calling each other a lot, um, especially guys that aren't necessarily in the same division or even in the same conference. You know, they're a lot quicker to, you know, ask, uh, you know, one of the guys they used to work with, you know, hey, what was that? How do you guys teaching it? You know, type of thing. Um, and some of it, too, is is guys are running a lot like the, the Shanahan-wide zone type um, you know, McVay-style offenses are, are, are growing in popularity, too, as the years go on. So I think a lot of these guys come from the same branches. So it might look like they're copying, but the, in reality, they've, they've carried a lot of the same stuff for a while. They're just kind of getting to different things versus, you know, what defenses are doing, too. The flip side of the offensive trends and patterns that kind of proliferate throughout the league is, is how defenses counter that. How have you seen defenses countering what the, what the 49ers, what the Lions, what the Dolphins, really what all offenses are doing? Um, so the Dolphins one is is, um, is is more is probably the most pronounced um, through the first five weeks is you know they've I've seen a lot of different game plans against them you know Belichick tried to you know kind of like you know he, he played a five down front to still kind of try to set edges in the run game and kind of you know prevent any you know put vertical push in the run game from that standpoint too but he also played with three safeties to try to confuse Tua and try to you know he he kind of mixed and matched different coverages by rotating those safeties differently to try to give him you know uh, different. Um, like a different look on each play. And that worked to a degree that, you know, the Dolphins still put up a ton of yards. But, I mean, they still scored points, but, you know, it did slow the Dolphins down a little bit relative to how they've been the other weeks. And then um, what Buffalo did was they basically, they coached their linebackers up real well. And um, to get into those those kind of intermediate dig, uh, you know, bang drift windows that, that the Dolphins feast on every week. So they really focused on those linebackers to get depth into those windows and force Tua to take check downs or work to his, his second read. And, what happened in that game was, you know, forcing Tua to a second or a third read allowed the pass rush to to get to get enough time to get home on a few occasions too. Because on a lot a lot of weeks, you know, specifically Denver and some of the other ones come to mind where, you know, Tua's catching the ball, he's taking, you know, like a, a quick two step drop or a quick three step and the ball's out immediately and he can throw to his first read because it's open. But if you're flooding those windows that he wants to attack on his first read, you're forcing him to hold the ball on longer, you know, um, and it allows your pass rush to become a a factor in the game too. More specifically, I guess, to, to who we talk about, how do the Packers slow down the Lions the next time we see them? Um, how do the Packers slow down the Lions in the yeah. next matchup? Is that... Yeah. Um, that's So, taking away, so the, the Lions, they do a good job of making, you know, they're not, they're not like the Dolphins, right? They don't, you know, uh, St. Brown doesn't really scare you. Laporta doesn't really scare you the way like Tyreek and, and Jalen Waddle do. So it's not so much a personnel-based offense. It's more you know, a tendency-based offense, which can be dangerous, and that's kind of how the, the Packers got burned on that, that one long touchdown um, early in their Thursday night game, too. So I, I think just playing sound defense um, and forcing them into third and longs, but they were even efficient on third and longs, too, last year. So it's hard to it's hard to, it's hard hard to to pinpoint one or two things just because the Lions do so many different things and they carry so much into um, a given game. I think, you know, like similar to – you know, Dolphins and base and any other offense really is you want to force Goff to hold on to the ball um, longer. You want to force, you want to get some interior pass rush to, to kind of force him off his spot. You know, he likes to sit back there on, you know, and throw the ball on time. So kind of forcing him off that spot, getting some pass rush up the middle. Um, you know, in certain passing situations, maybe dropping eight into windows, forcing him to hold the ball longer too. Um, those are just a couple things that come to mind. But, you know, specifically, there's not like one or two things where I'm watching tape and I'm like, you know, okay, this is kind of like a, 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 a you know, one way to, to try to take advantage of them because they do a lot of different things. They do them all well enough that they can adjust in the game too. 
I know you look at other teams throughout the league. You might not be focusing on the Packers as much as the other three, three, three teams you've seen so far, but you've covered the Packers pretty in-depth in the past, specifically I think it was their 2020 offensive manual that you wrote. Um, what have you seen from the Packers that's different maybe from 2020 or what we've seen in the early LaFleur era now, we heading, now that we're heading into year five or well into year five? Yeah, so I did cut up the first two games. Um, they're on my list. Uh, I'll probably get to them more like in the spring maybe um, once I kind of wrap up some of the other teams that I'm focusing on. But I do want to take a look at what they're doing because I think Matt LaFleur does a really good job um, designing his offensive system. And I think what they're doing now with Jordan Love is, um, number one, I, I know that some Packers fans have complained about maybe not leaning on the run game as much as they should have. I haven't, you know, I haven't paid too close of attention the last couple weeks, but – um, I think leaning into a, a strong run game with a young quarterback is, is critical. And I think that's they've done that to a degree in, in some of the games. Um, and then the, some other pieces of that, too, is now he's really not running his offense because he was running it before with, with Rodgers, but it was more kind of a mind meld between the two. So now it's more like, okay, it's more on him and the coaches to kind of figure out, you know, to kind of put the guys in better positions. And it's a lot less freelancing at the line of scrimmage than with Rodgers. So this is more – more of a pure form of, of his vision for offensive football. Um, and obviously with a young quarterback, you can't, you know, you're not going to run everything, but he has been in the system for a few years. So he understands the base of the offense and, you know, you're not, you're not just running, you know, football 101 or even 201 level concepts with them. You're able to kind of push the envelope with some of that stuff too. Maybe this is a better way to ask the question um, related to how the Packers are, are struggling on offense. What we've seen from the Packers, I think, through five weeks is is a lot of kind of bumps in the road from their younger players. It takes a while to integrate. But looking at guys that you've or, or teams that you've studied over the years, how much can young players just affect what an offense can do? How much does it limit your menu? It certainly limits it in a lot of ways. You know, I think especially for, you know, uh, you know, from my coaching experience and even from my, you know, you know, doing analysis on NFL games, I think tight end is one of the hardest positions to play outside of quarterback in the entire sport. Um, you know, you have to be able to, you have to be able to run block, pass block, and you've got to be able to know the whole route tree. So you got to know all the concepts in the pass game. You got to know, understand all the concepts in the run game and the different tags and adjustments for tight ends, which there usually is a lot. You know, in the run game, the tight end is usually a guy that's tagged or adjusted most often, you know, based on how the, the, the defense wants to set their edge. So um, playing tight end is a tough position from that standpoint. So just learning the basics of, of the playbook from that standpoint um, is tough, especially year one, year two. That's why a lot of, it takes tight ends a lot of time to, to develop in that sense. Um, especially, and, and then on the quarterback side of it too, you know, quarterbacks, you know, Jordan Love's got a lot of experience in practice, but it's not quite game speed, right? So like play, you know, when you're playing in a game, if you hesitate for a half, you're a fraction of a second, like that could really throw off the timing for the entire play. And for young guys, you know, um, you know, obviously specifically to Jordan Love, but a lot of other young quarterbacks too, is when they, when they hit that, that stride in year two, year three of playing, it's because they're more confident. They're just, they're gripping and ripping it. They're trusting what they're seeing, whether it be throwing their first read or, or getting to their second or third read on time or early. Um, that's the, that's the development that, you know, younger guys kind of have to go through uh, for those couple positions. Returning kind of to the larger conversation with what you're seeing from these other these other teams, now that we're about a month in, the it's the next step of innovation. I think is is what becomes interesting here because you see your offensive teams roll out their new packages, their new tweaks at the start of the season. Now teams have have, a, have had a month to look at those. Where do things get tweaked from here? What's the next step in these offensive evolutions throughout the league? Where do the the real innovative minds like a Shanahan, a McDaniel, a Ben Johnson go? Where do they go from here? So uh, 
at a certain point, like you said, at a certain point in the season, you're kind of getting a month in now, a little over a month. You know, defenses are going to they're, they're going to start. You know, defenses are going to copy each other too, right? What slowed down these guys? You know, like what did the, what was the Bills' game plan against Miami? Let's try to copy that. Let's try to get our linebackers in in these windows. So, um, from from the offensive standpoint, it's okay. We're we're starting to see this pop up in a few games. What parts of our playbook do we need to get to, or have kind of a menu for um, each week in case we start seeing these looks more frequently? Um, so seeing how how those guys adapt. Um, one one way last year was the Dolphins would RPO and play action a lot of certain looks, but they weren't getting you know the same effect from linebackers or the secondary that they wanted to. So towards you know especially after that Chargers game, they had to start running the ball downhill more, whether that be out of shotgun or under center. You know just straight you know running their their counter schemes, their split zone schemes to try to to attack defenses vertically. You know with all the, the too high they were starting to see down the stretch too. So. Um, that was a specific adjustment that that jumped out to me. What was the back half of your question? Really, where do they go from here? What what is the next adjustment? Or if you were running one of these offense, where do you where do you make tweaks going forward? Now that you've kind of established your base. Um. So, so specifically, so like to the Dolphins, right? Everyone's been talking about this this short out motion that we're seeing, and um, it does present a lot. Of, you know, throughout the first few weeks, it has presented a lot of challenges for defenses. Um, because usually when a guy goes in motion quickly like that, you know, throughout the last couple of seasons in the NFL, he'll go quickly across the formation. So defense is kind of, you know, based on who's on and off the ball, they'll have like a, like a, the secondary players can have like a, almost, they can almost alert like a, a motion, right? So like if you see Tyreek Hill off the ball in one of those wing alignments, you know, last year defense would be like, all right, we have our base call and then what we will check to if he motions across the formation. Well, now that they're going either way with it, now the defenders on the, like the safeties in the corner on the side of the field he's on have to be ready for him to motion out too. So they have to have, you know, another alert. So it's a lot more thinking and a lot more communication that's putting on defenses. So I think the next evolution for defenses is specific to the Dolphins and how they're attacking is um, a streamlined way to communicate these different motions that we're seeing. And I think getting to, um, once they can streamline that, you know, they can they can play their coverages, you know, and not get beat. Because a lot of the times right now what the Dolphins are doing is they're using these motions to kind of create defenses to bust or to get guys wide open. And once defenses are able to to handle that from a communication standpoint and from a technique standpoint, I think that's kind of where the next catch-up is there. And then, you know, for Miami, it's just, okay, not that it was a cheat code for the first few weeks, but it was something that they could lean on to kind of create an advantage there. So I think, um, you know, I think the answer would would be more focused on just different parts of their, their playbook as far as like different answers for the coverages they're seeing. Final question, where can people find you and how can they support you best if they want you to keep doing what you're doing? Absolutely. Um, so I, um, I, I probably am the most active on Twitter. So my Twitter handle is at B underscore Peters 12. Um, I post, I try to post a lot there, especially um, you know, on Sundays, I'll try to screen grab a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the TV copy stuff that I'm seeing of in, that's that's of interest to me, and try to provide a little analysis on that stuff. Um, I, I I sell uh, complete offensive manuals and also game planning manuals on Amazon. That's those are probably my most thorough works. You know, those those books are anywhere from 200 to 300 pages, taking a very deep dive into these offenses. Um, the complete offensive manuals are more of like an, uh, a complete overview of the system. So if you want to try to learn what these offenses are about, kind of from a starting standpoint, that's the place to go. But if you want to learn more. Um, about the week-to-week intricacies and game planning, that's kind of my game planning series. So this year I'm, I'm planning on expanding on that. I'll be having three of those come out um, sometime in February or early March, um, you know, for the Niners, Lions, and uh, Dolphins. But I already have two out for the 49ers for their 2021 season and 2022 season. So if you 
if you have a strong understanding of scheme and some of these offenses in the NFL, those are good places to go to kind of see what adjustments the Niners have made specifically over the last couple of years. He is Bobby Peters. He knows just about everything there is to know about what these offenses are doing as he looks into them each and every week. Bobby, thanks so much for joining us. Of course, anytime. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. Glad we could finally connect. Absolutely. Have a great one. Yep, you too. Bye. A big thanks to Bobby for joining me on the show today. The full list of places you can find his work is available in the show notes for this podcast, including his Twitter page, his full list of published works on Amazon, and there are a lot of them, as well as a link to his Substack. That's all I've got for you in this episode of Blue 58. I appreciate you tuning in. I would appreciate it even more if you would go and support our guest, Bobby Peters, in addition to sharing this episode of the podcast with someone you think would enjoy it that's going to help more people find the show and get more people involved in the conversation you and I are having about the Green Bay Packers. And that, in turn, is going to help all of us, me included, become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.